0: Attention, timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contract. Our experienced partners are offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. You'll never pay another timeshare maintenance bill again, and all your obligations will be terminated. You can begin saving today. Even if you've tried another company to get rid of your timeshare, call and see if we can help you. At the Timeshare Exit Hotline, we only accept payment after an agreement has been made. To get you out of your timeshare, make this complimentary
1: free call and learn how our honest partners can help anyone, anywhere, legally get out of their timeshare nightmare. 800-715-6093. 800-715-6093. 800-715-6093. That's 800-715-6093. Hi, this is Richard Benjamin, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Does he love me? I want to know. How can I tell
2: if he loves me so? Is it, is I, I know you'll be the same. At Robertson Law, with our guest Stephen Taibbi. Stephen worked in television for about 25 years, including behind the scenes on such popular cable daytime talk shows hosted by Joan London, Richard Lewis. And Dr. Ruth, he was also born with a cyanetic heart and three birth defects, all of which required operations from a very young age and continuing operations throughout his life, including two open heart surgeries and two heart transplants. Stephen's book, Grateful Guilt, is not only a moving story of survival and gratitude, it includes a lot of hands-on and very helpful suggestions that will benefit anyone facing a serious health challenge. Whether you're a patient or a caregiver, we'll ask Stephen about some of those strategies in just a second. Plus, we'll talk about his career in TV. Grateful guilt available Amazon.com, Google Books, Waterstone, and Libris, BarnesandNoble.com, wherever books are sold. On Lion Steven's website, GratefulGuilt.com. Um, you two of the operations you've had as an adult, you've had not one but two heart transplants. Now, yeah. that's a whole different. I mean, you know, forget the actual procedure there's the waiting to find out if there's a donor and however long that takes and one of the strategies you came up with and this is something anybody could do and you can tailor it to your likes at the time what what pleases you you came up with a heart cd yeah yeah i thought that was really brilliant to be honest (laughs) And so and what's cool, there's no way you can know this, but some of the titles that you put on your heart C D are among my favorites. Oh yeah? Yeah. What one of the titles is the is shares cover of the Shoop Shoop song. I love that cover. <laughs> I love that cover too, and it's. Um, I not only love that, but um, it's part of the soundtrack of *Mermaids*, which is one of her better films. We had a chance to talk to Richard Benjamin a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he told me a story about Cher and the "Shoop Shoop" song, which I was, yeah. which I wasn't aware of. Besides the fact that he said she was a delight to work with on *Mermaids*, he said that when they shot the video for that, she said. She seems to think that she sang backup on the original record of the Shoop Shoop song. Oh, really? that's really interesting. Yeah, that's that. that that's what Richard Benjamin says, and I have no reason to doubt that. So, and, and
0: I got to tell you something. I think of all, all the versions of that song, that's the best one.
2: And she did. I don't know if you've heard a cover of Baby I'm Yours, but I love love that song too. But Shoop Shoop, it's a very upbeat song, and it just makes you feel good. Right. Well, you know what it was,
0: is um, when you're a patient in in these kind of things, doctoring is so um, specific nowadays. There's this doctor for that, this doctor for this, this doctor for that. And then when you go in for surgery, you don't know anybody, nobody. You go into a room, and they're going to open you up and take your heart out of you and put somebody else's heart in you, and none of them have ever met you before, literally. So it was important to me that... The doctors knew who i was and it was important to me that i was ready for the operation so i thought i could get both things done by making this heart cd and listening to it only when i was happy so for example um the first song of the cd was help by mm-hmm. the beatles mm-hmm. i wanted the doctors to know that i was there asking for help yeah. <laughs> yeah. the second song was spirit in the sky by norman greenbaum and i wanted them to know that if I didn't live through the operation, which there was a good chance of that, that it was okay with me. Yeah. Uh, and I, and then, you know, on, on and on with, with the songs, and, um, you know, my heart will go on, and normally a song I can't stand, but <laughs> with that, <laughs> but You've Got Me, I've Got You Under My Skin, another song to the doctors by Diana Krall. It's yeah. my favorite version of it. And, and on like that, uh, High Hopes by Frank Sinatra, songs that... When I was waiting, I would listen to this CD over and over only when I was in a good mood. When my wife and I were driving to the hospital, we called it the spa when I was waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, we would listen to the song and sing along to it. And then I asked during the operation that they play it in the room. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that there was one or three operating rooms. We didn't know which one I was going to get. And only one of them had a stereo that could play to the room. And I got that, I got that room. And then after the, after the operation was over, you know, obviously I'm knocked out by my, my, they asked my brother if they could keep the CD. They liked it so much. And, and, and it's still over there at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital in New York. I, I think that CD helped repair me and got me in the right mood. And they know that you hear music when you're knocked out. And so I, I'm sure that helped me while I was you know, listening to it while they were operating on me.
2: And that speaks to some of the other tips and uh, strategies that you, you know, suggest for your readers, Stephen, is the, a lot of commonsensical things that I guess a lot of us wouldn't even think of, but when, but when we do think of them, it's like, you know, wow, you know, th- that makes so much sense. Like just the importance of bringing your own clothes to the hospital, just giving a sense, I mean, all, all these things are reminding them that you're a person. Yep. And, and you're not just a slab of meat with ears, all of which is to, and this goes back to one of your goals, is to maintain dignity for both patient and to remind the caregivers and the medical professionals, the medical practitioners, that there's a human being involved and to, to, to maintain their dignity in treating them.
0: Absolutely. And, and, and just to make it clear what I, what, about wearing my own clothes, I will not wear a hospital gown in a hospital. Um, I, wear, I wear a button-down shirt, you know, a regular button-down shirt. That's where I sleep in. Uh-huh. And it's got a pocket. has to have a pocket because if you're there, for like I am, for cardiac reasons, you're going to be wearing a monitor. Yeah. And that monitor, they hang it around your neck. And that's really a, it's very uncomfortable. So I stick it in the pocket. And if the doctors want to examine me, it's actually easier for them to unbutton my shirt than it is through to pick up my gown and move it and all that. On top of that, I wear sweatpants. You know, those kind of pants in in um uh, as my as my bottoms, and this way I look like a regular person to them. And when I was at Cedars in in L.A. Cedars um Sinai in L.A. Um, A doctor told me he had always wanted to do a study because he agreed with me. He said, I believe patients who dress in street clothes get treated differently. And I'm positive of it. That's definitely a strategy that I use. You know, I want when I I wrote the book, I wanted people to understand that if you're going to go into a hospital, you need to strategize. Mm -hmm. You need to be saving your life. You need to be the one of the top caregivers you have that's what i've always decided i'm my caregiver mm-hmm. the doctors are part of my mm-hmm. team and that we are all working together so i will not go into a hospital even for a day without a strategy i always have strategies when i walk into a hospital and whether it, whether somebody uses the strategies i use for myself in my book or my book gives them the idea to make up strategies of their own. I don't care. I just want you to use a strategy so that it's going to be better for you, so you'll have a healthier outcome. If you make yourself an active part of the of the healthcare team, you will do better.
2: Stephen's book, Grateful Guilt, Living in the Shadow of My Heart. Grateful Guilt, Living in the Shadow of My Heart. Available at gratefulguilt.com, amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. We mentioned that Stephen worked... In television for twenty-five years, including daytime cable shows hosted by Dr. Ruth, by uh, Joan London, Joy Philbin, Cindy Lauper, and Richard Lewis. Uh, I, you'll forgive me, I didn't know Richard Lewis had a show. No,
0: those were just some of the people. Dr. Ruth had a show. Joan had a show. Those were guests and
2: uh, people I worked with. I see. Okay, so you worked with you worked on shows hosted by Joan London and Dr. Ruth and Philbin. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, okay. I've always liked Dr. Ruth. I know there's a documentary out on her recently. I I heard her talk about it on NPR, and I've seen her do interviews with Larry King and, and, and other shows. I get the impression that there is not much difference between the Dr. Ruth we see on TV or here on the radio and the Dr. Ruth who's an actual person. Was that your experience? <sighs>
0: Yeah, Dr. Ruth is a riot. <laughs> she's a riot. But she's also, you know, people talk about personal power, right?
2: Uh-huh.
0: I've worked with three people who I thought had immense personal power. Richard Nixon, I did a, I did the, uh, the Nixon memoirs with him. Then um, David Rockefeller and Ruth were the three most personally powerful people I've ever worked with. I mean, she just... She knows what she wants, and she gets what she wants, and she does it in a very nice way. But, man, she's in control, and I love that about her. And she's a riot and a very, very nice
2: lady. Nixon is is a polarizing figure. I mean, you just say say Richard Nixon, and reflexively, you're going to feel one way or another. But listening to you define personal power and Watergate aside and resignation aside— Looking at uh, his foreign policy and some and some of the other things he did in politics, I, I can yeah, see I how you can recognize that. I am talking about
0: policy. I'm talking yeah. about persona. And I'm yeah. talking about, you know, when he walked into the studio, the whole studio stopped. Yeah. I mean, he just has this, he had, not anymore, he's gone, <laughs> but he had this aura about him. He just was a powerful man. Yeah. It was amazing. And um, David Rockefeller was the same way.
2: Let's see. There have been a lot of daytime talk shows uh, since pretty much the beginning of television, both on the networks and on cable. A lot of people have tried hosting a daytime show. Only a relative few have managed to succeed at it. What do you think is the secret to a good uh, talk show and a good talk show host?
0: Well, you know, I, I worked on a couple that only worked on a couple of seasons. I was, me and a group of guys here in New York, we're the guys that got cable off the ground. You know, we're the guys who worked on the, all the original shows. And um, some of the shows that I worked on became networks. Like Lifetime started as a show. Lifetime was originally a show that became a network. Good Housekeeping was originally a show that became a network. Or I was on those two. Um, it's, there's a, a thing about charisma, there's a thing about, are you listening to what your guest is saying? Um, is the guest more important than the host? I think the good shows, the host sits back and lets the guest be the star. That's a, I think that's always been a key. I think it was Johnny Carson's key for sure.
2: Well, I, I know for sure that was, that was the key to Larry King, especially Larry King in his prime. Yeah. He would always say, "It's I'm there asking the questions, I may be the constant, but the reason why people are tuning in every night is the person I'm talking to, and so, my, my job is to make the guest shine. Yeah, and
0: also on Joan's show in particular, she was married to her producer ah. at the time, <laughs> and, and, and he was a really good producer, he was a powerful, good pr- producer, who managed to get good guests, who managed to keep the crew in line, who managed to run a good show, and, and let's not forget the behind-the-scenes people. I mean, if the, guest is, if the host is being fed a lot of, of crummy guests, it's not going to go anywhere. But if you've got a producer who can produce good guests and, and put together a good show, that's a big
2: part of it. Well, which speaks to uh, the collaborative nature of television itself, which is, talk, which, which is a talk important we return to many times in our program. It's absolutely true.
0: So when you're on a crew, when you're part of a crew, no matter which position you have, you're part of a team. You're part of a family, and when the show runs to its end, uh, it's it's a it's the breakup of a family. You know, my, my last television show was Tempest. If you remember that, and that was they had a, had a great director, but. You know, it could have been a better show. I, I would not put any of that on the crew. I don't really want to speak ill of anybody or anything, but um, that was my last show. And um, But the director was a guy I'd known for years, and he was one of the best directors I've ever known.
2: This this is another talking point we return to on, on the course of our program, Stephen. Nobody, nobody sets out to do a bad program. You get a concept, you put it together, you know, you believe... From from the very germ of the idea, you you set out to put this together and put this on the air because you believe it's going to work and you believe it's going to reach an audience. And when you finally you put it together and when it airs, once you air it, you're at It's out of your control, and right. it uh, people leave the the audience either receives it, accepts it, or they don't accept it, or other things happen that uh, may lead to the premature demise of the show for reasons that have nothing to do with the people involved. So it's just... It's- right. Because, because you got
0: to remember, when you're doing television shows like these, we're almost all freelancers. Mm-hmm. And freelancers have to struggle to be hired. I mean, you have to be as good as you can be to be a freelancer. They don't hire bad freelancers. And every freelancer as a real personal pride thing. They're doing their best job. You don't, go to a, you don't go to these things without everybody wanting it to be the best because that's what they want. Um, so, you know, everybody involved really wants it as a point of pride to be a success.
2: Stephen Taibi is the author of Grateful Guilt, Grateful Guilt, Living in the Shadow of My Heart, which you can find in paperback. And as an ebook through Amazon.com, Google Books, uh, BarnesandNoble.com, wherever books are sold online. From... And, and the and the Audible will be coming out soon. Okay, the uh, okay the the audiobook of Grateful Guilt by Stephen Taibbi will come, will be coming out soon through Audible. I've been I've been skirting the word miracle. Because it's very easy to say you're a miracle of modern science, but you have a very particular meaning for the word miracle. And most people think of the word most people think of miracles as random happenings. You don't see miracles that way at all. No, most people see like
0: like move that mountain. That's a miracle. Mm -hmm. You know, save this life. That's a miracle. It's it's more like parlor tricks. You know, or magi- or magician tricks to me is what I think people think of miracles. To me, a miracle is that my doctor who saved my life, Dr. Donna Mancini, and she's now at yeah Mount Sinai in New York. The fact that she was there for me, the fact that her parents going all the way back, however many however many generations you have to go back to produce Donna Mancini to be there at that moment, along with all the other caregivers, that somehow they all showed up after countless generations to be there as my team when I needed them. That's a
2: miracle. You have no way of knowing this, but many years ago, I worked with a man named Harold Benjamin, who founded the wellness community, and he was the person behind what's known as the patient active concept, which is very much the principle which is, very much uh, in core with the message, one of the messages you want to get across in um, Grateful Guilt, Stephen, which is taking an active role in your healthcare, in your medical condition, whether whether you have a serious condition or just, you know, just day-to-day living. Not just not just sitting passively and waiting for the doctor to tell you what to do, but taking an active role in, in what you can do in, in the, the outcome of your health care. But the other thing Benjamin talked about is, and this aligns with your with your take on miracles, is that one of the things he said to me, and it stayed with me, is it's a way of looking at the world. He used to say that the universe is set up to help me win, meaning all the things we need to survive, food, Clothing, they're out there. We just right. need we we you know, all the tools are there. We just need the wisdom to put them together to make them work for us. And when you think of it that way, and when you think of you know all the various events that all the various natural chain of events that led to this person treating you. Yes, it's a miracle, but it's also it, it's also part of the miracle of life.
0: Yes, and actually. Part of the reason why my book is titled Grateful Guilt is the very first step that you have to take when you're going to be fighting for your life, if you need to be, or if you're sick, whatever, whatever the condition is in your life, the number one thing you need to be all the time is grateful. We we have, I have a saying, I close my book with it, may you always be aware of the blessings that surround you. Because people... Don't even realize that they should be grateful. It's just astounding to me how many people aren't grateful. And and the first step to you becoming healthy is being grateful. And when you're going to be grateful, you have to be grateful in all things. All things, meaning the bad. Because we don't know what our path is supposed to lead us to. We don't know any of that. But this is our path that it has been given to us. And this is the path we were meant to walk. So you have to be grateful for whatever it is that is in your way or that you have to get through, not in your way, but that you have to get through. So if you're looking at life with like, okay, so I now have this heart problem. Okay. I now have cancer. I now have this, I now have that. My wife left me, my, my, my whatever, whatever it is, you can't really deal with everything or anything until you're grateful. That's what I've learned. I have to be grateful in all things. And once I'm grateful in all things, it's like putting a nuclear battery inside of me. And I now have the power to do anything I need to do. And that also gives me my second weapon. My biggest weapon outside of gratitude is humor. And I mean... The doctors loved to come into my room because I was funny, and they were funny (laughs) with me, and they liked liked joking back and forth with me. You know, we had a lot of standing jokes, and, um, you know, it just just helps everything. And let me tell you something. When they say laughter is the best medicine, they ain't kidding, but you're not going to get to laughter. At least I'm going to say I couldn't get to laughter until I'm grateful, and I don't think anybody else can either.
2: Stephen, I'm grateful for the time you've given me and my listening audience today. Is there anything else about your book, Grateful Guilt, uh, that you'd like our listeners to know about that I have not already asked you?
0: No, you've been pretty thorough. I just think that it's also good for, it's not just good for people who are sick or for caregivers of people who are sick. I think it's good for anybody as, as, as to see how how grateful they need to be, to see that The world is better than they might think. I think it's a good book for inspiration as well.
2: Grateful Guilt by Stephen Taibbi is available at Amazon.com, Barnes Noble.com, wherever fine books are sold, in bookstores and online. For more information on Stephen, uh, gratefulguilt.com, gratefulguilt.com. Stephen Taibbi, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Greg Arabar will join us for a DVD report next on TV Confidential.
0: Hi. This is Rhonda Sheer, and you're staying up
1: all night or day with TV Confidential. An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills... Don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 866-490-3991. 866-490-3991. 866-490-3991.
2: Hi, this is Joyce Bullisant. You're listening to TV Confidential.
1: Uber is the mobile app that connects you
2: with a driver for immediate transportation. Request a ride at the tap of a button and you have a driver curbside in minutes. You can choose to be driven in a black car SUV, or you can choose UberX, the low-cost Uber, for a ride in a hybrid or mid-range car. Payment is seamless and cashless. Build to your card on file with no need to tip. Enter the promo code Confidential after you download the app to receive a free first ride up to $20. For more information, go to get.uber.com forward slash